Hello, this is Rob and Mike from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, and this is Think Smart with TMFG. Today on Think Smart, Mike and I are going to be discussing the good old days. So many years ago, we were a pretty small team, and we sent out a Christmas card, and we were in an antique setting, and I think we were there was four of us. We had two assistants and the two of us. Yep. And the idea was good old-fashioned advice. That's what everyone always wanted, right? And we had the... I remember we had the ticker tape machine sitting in the newspapers and the old phone of how things used to happen in the good old days. Uh, thinking back, and I, I think we think of the 1920s, but they weren't that great days for financial advice, were they? They certainly weren't. They certainly weren't. So, Mike, you were talking about some crash tests that you had seen on TikTok, and it reminded you about the good old days and, you know, maybe they weren't so good after all. So, so tell me about the, the TikTok crash. Well, what it was, they tested a 1959 uh, Bel Air. If you remember those Bel Airs, those big giant pieces of Detroit steel that were rolling down the road. And they crash tested against a new Chevy Impala, just your standard, you know, average car today. And, you know, when you watch these two cars going at each other, I think they were going at each other 50 miles an hour into a direct head-on collision. The thought was, well, that old piece of uh, Detroit steel is going to just crush this Impala. I'd much rather be driving those old cars. You always hear about, God, I don't feel safe in these new cars. And when you watch this crash test happen, it's amazing because they show the outside. And first of all, you don't realize how devastating a crash at 50 miles an hour it is. The cars are just totally destroyed. And then they show the insides of the cars and what happens to the passengers inside. And they have crash test dummies inside the cars, and you get to watch the devastation that goes on. The most interesting part of it is when you watch the Bel Air, you think it would be okay, but it was not. You watch the whole steering wheel come up and go through the crash test dummy's chest. The whole front of the car goes almost right through them. Again, those days we didn't have airbags. They, they didn't even barely had seatbelts at that time, right? So you watch the damage, and it was totally unsurvivable. There's no way you could have ever survived this crash. And then they show the video from the inside the Impala. I wouldn't want to be in the Impala when that happened, but at the end of the day, what you see is the airbag goes off, the steering wheel goes uh, out of the way because it's a breakaway steering wheel. The car is totally demolished, but the front end and the engine of the car don't go through the driver. And it looks like a pretty survivable accident. So a real shock, and you think of the good old days and we talk about how solid things used to be and how much safer we thought they would be, but sometimes it's not reality. That's a really interesting example. What I like to think about is, you know, I'm, I'm in my 30th year, and, and it's interesting when you're in your 30th year, you start to think about what has changed in the industry over time, what has changed certainly in my life, but, uh, but looking at my career, when I started in the business, there was two different options when to just even purchase mutual funds. The one was a front-end fee, and when I came on board, the front-end fee was 5%. And that had just been reduced from 9%. So it used to be a 9% front-end fee. So what does that mean? What that means is if you were putting $1,000 in, they would take $90 away as a commission. 
even when I started, it was a 5% commission. So they would literally right off the top take $50 out of the $1,000. So you're actually only investing $950. We then started to shift to something called deferred sales charge. So this time you put your $1,000 in, there was no commission paid upfront, but the advisor received a 5% commission, but you didn't have to pay for it. The only time you had to pay for it is if you stayed in that investment for a short period of time. If you stayed in it for six, seven, eight years, you didn't have to pay that 5% commission. And the 5% commission, although it gradually went down, often it was based on the value of the investment. So if your $1,000 went to $2,000, you might be paying a 4% commission on $2,000. So it's almost like you're back to the, the 9% commission. Yeah. Remember when you had to do stock trades? God, I remember this from the year, you know, 99, 2000 with people with their Nortel shares. We had something called a minimum commission we had to take from our head office. And minimum sounds like it'd be low, but it was still about 1%. And the company would take that in any stock trade. It didn't matter if it was a $1,000 stock trade or a million dollar stock trade. They would take 1% of a million dollars in minimum stock commissions to do the trade, which seemed unreasonable cost to do one trade for anyone. And 1% was the low end. It could be between 1% and 2%. So it, things have changed quite a bit in there where you watch now with discount brokerage where they're doing trades for practically nothing now. Well, it's interesting, you know, in our platform at Asante, we're at $5 a trade. And I still get flack over the $5 a trade. Now, yeah. $5 a trade isn't a lot relative to where we were. I mean, it used to be $500 to, yeah. to do a trade. You know, to do a $10,000 trade was easily $500 commission. And, and it wasn't like the commission came to us. We maybe got $100 of that commission and somehow had office or whoever else was involved was taking the other 400 of it. Yeah, it wasn't a great system. And management fees, do you remember management fees back then? God, I remember seeing labor funds which were pushing 6% in man. It was unreasonable what people could actually charge in management fees for some of these things. Even if we look in the early or mid-90s, so this would be, say, 1995, we had a product that we were recommending to clients at the time where the management fees were between 3 and 4% a year. Now, you needed to be a bit of a genius to figure that out. They had done such a good job of hiding the fees that you, even the advisors, you could talk to five different advisors and each of them would quote a different fee because they didn't know all the details. It was that complex. Whereas today, everything is in the open. You know, you can look up a fund and the first thing you see is what's the MER. It gets a little confusing because there's five different ways of buying it now or, or more. But you can see, based on the way you're buying it, whatever the class is, there's a different fee rate. Yeah. There, there was many years ago, there was massive change in inside the industry. What was it? The, was it the Stromberg Report? Is that the name? It was. Gloria it was. Stromberg. Gloria yeah. Stromberg. And at that time, everyone resisted. But to be honest, I think of her as one of the heroes in the industry because she really did change the industry, made people look at fees. And ever since that report, the whole industry has started to push toward fees being more visible. 
and the transparency, it's not perfect yet. I got to say, it's still not at the point where we'd like. We'd like full transparency, but it's a lot better than it used to be. Well, it's interesting in our side of the business, in, in the, on the security side and and the you know mutual funds, exchange traded funds, that whole side, all the fees are disclosed. But we've got this whole other industry, which is the insurance industry, and nothing's disclosed. Even today, in 2021, the commissions on some of those products are ridiculous. It's a different set of rules. Completely. And no one seems to, I, I don't know why, but no one seems to have put up too much of a fuss about it. Yeah, it wouldn't. It's so complex, no one really understands how it works. Even insurance people, they really don't understand once you start to deep go take a deep dive. They have a trouble figuring out. If if the client actually knew that the advisor was receiving, in some cases, $100,000 or more of commissions on a certain complicated investment product, they may not be interested in it. Yeah. What else has changed? Access to information. If we go back to the early 90s, do you remember we used to have to update our portfolios using the Financial Post? We'd actually go to the paper, get the morning paper, and take spreadsheets and start to enter mutual funds because there was no there was no web to look things up on. We weren't on Excel at the time. We were on Lotus. Yeah. And we would have to put the individual prices of each of the investments, and we might have been using 20, 25 different investments at the time. And you had to put them in every day to figure out what the value was of what the client owned. Yeah. You couldn't just print off a statement that had any sort of accuracy in terms of what, what the client owned. I remember we purchased a business, and this was in, I think, uh, 2006. And the whole office was full of these charts that would come in on a monthly basis for stocks. I couldn't believe someone was still using this, but they used to send you a, a monthly chart on how the stocks were doing and it was, it was over a month old when you're looking at the thing, but it would give you sort of the historic data on all those stocks. Today, we have apps on our phone. An investor with Asante can look at their account value every single day, how it did yesterday, whether it went up or down to the penny. And they can look at the returns, like the access to information is unbelievable. They can also, just by going on their phone again or whatever they're on, iPad, computer, even their watch, see what's going on in the market at any point in time. Yeah. Remember when you used to base firms on the research department? What type of research? Like there was Midland Wall when we have this great research department. There are all these different companies around with their research departments. And right now, no research department could ever touch the internet. And it was a long time to get that research back. Even to find, you know, people would give you stock certificates to find out what they were worth or where they came from would be an ordeal that could take quite a few weeks to a month. So is it is it easier and safer? So let's look at some of those things. Number one, is it easier to transact? A thousand times easier. Is it cheaper to transact? Much cheaper. Is it better for the investor? Much better. It is. So what's what's the good and what's the bad? You know, people get very nostalgic over how things were. Uh, Still people, I still see people talk about dividend stocks. And the reason why they love dividend stocks is because transactions were so expensive, it was very difficult to get your money out of a stock that you owned. The dividend was this uh, way where you get a quarterly check. If you own Bell shares or whatever type of shares, you get a quarterly dividend check that would help pay for your retirement because the funds just weren't liquid. 
and you had to have some type of investment like this that created liquidity. People love the idea that they got that check on a quarterly basis, but they forget the reasons why it would have to be like that. What I always found interesting about that is at least half of the investors had no idea where the actual certificates were. They just knew they got the check. Yeah. And, and you know, we had to teach them, you know, okay, let's get this in account so we can actually see what the value of those stock certificates are and see the dividends. And the dividends can flow into the account and we can do something with it. Do you remember Canada Savings Bonds? Canada Savings Bonds, it was a long formula to figure out what they were worth. They give you this Canada Savings Bond and you have to take about a, a 10 pages of charts to look up the number they had on them to see because the interest changed every year to find out what that was actually worth. It was very difficult to transact. And I don't think people realize how difficult it was at that time or don't appreciate how good the, the financial systems have become. There's still mistakes, but... So you've empowered everyone, and that's good and bad. And why I say it's bad, there is so much information out there today, so many different choices. It is really difficult to figure out what makes sense. And I'll give you an example. We're doing some work at our cottage. And the builder had suggested we start exploring what we're going to use for windows. And so my wife and I on the weekend, we start, we see, here's the companies he recommended and here's all the different choices for types of products we could use. And so we spent eight hours looking at websites, watching videos, going to all these websites, looking at all the different materials. I, I was overwhelmed. And we, we called our builder today and we said, we've hired you because you're really good and you build beautiful places. Please simplify things for us. I don't want to have to figure all this stuff out. That's why we go to you to figure it out. I'm not building my own place or rebuilding my own place. I've hired someone to do that. And investing is so complex today, I can't imagine trying to do it yourself. And I'll, I'll give you another example. We have good friend advisors, Ben and Cameron, and they have this amazing podcast that caters to very sophisticated investors. And they had talked about creating a model portfolio and they had released the model portfolio to everyone. And so what the goal was to give this sophisticated group, and I mean sophisticated, all the tools to build their own portfolio using this model. And there was a lot of feedback that this is too complicated for even the sophisticated investor. There's so many pieces to it. it. It's like me. I'm a financial advisor. I know nothing about Windows. I don't really want to know anything about Windows. You, on the other hand, you probably <laughs> want to know everything about Windows. I like, I like that stuff. <laughs> right? I just want the window to be open. I don't want it to break. I don't want it to rot. I want it to last forever. I don't want to have to paint it. That's, that's it. And I want it, you know, I don't want wind blowing through my windows on the sides. Yeah, too much choice is not always a good thing. So I, I think we've come a long way, but there is so much choice you need to simplify it. There needs to be an interpreter. Definitely. Yeah. It's like that in the grocery store. Go try and buy mustard, yep. right? used to be pretty simple. It's not easy buying mustard anymore or mayonnaise or... God forbid, salad, or even coffee. 
there's just way too much choice. Yep. You need someone to simplify it. I think that's pretty good for today. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart with TMFG from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, helping you to keep things simple. listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.